What is going on, Anchor? It's Sean here with Gadget Reason Radio, and it's been a little while. So I wanted to take a minute to just kind of real quickly try to explain where I disappeared to for the past, um, I guess it's been about 10 days now. So like most people that are here on Anchor, um, I'm not exclusively producing content for for Anchor or for a podcast. Um, I obviously have um, other things that I do with my life, and uh, and actually, you know, for like most people, Anchor is not in a position right now where it's making anybody any money. So all the content that we produce here on Anchor is is actually being you know just produced um, basically for fun or as something that we enjoy to do, and um, and maybe with the hopes of turning it into something more like a business in the future. But as of right now, um, it doesn't produce any income. And I have two other businesses that that I own and run. And um, I had to I had to pick and choose over the past about two weeks or so. Um, something had to give. I just didn't have enough time. And since Anchor doesn't doesn't currently impact my my income monthly, um, I had to choose to uh, to let that go for a little while and really kind of get through all this uh, stuff that I had kind of piling up that needed to get done with my my other businesses. So. Um, so yeah, so that's where I went and that's what happened and that's why I haven't had any new content on here. So I'm trying to work out now how to how I can produce content a little bit more efficiently and how I can do little bite-sized pieces of content when I when I don't have the time to dedicate to um, a full-fledged um, like a tech downloads episode or, or any of the other type of stuff that I've been experimenting with here on Anchor. So that's where I went. Don't know if anybody uh, is is concerned or cared where uh, where the content had disappeared to, but that's what's happening. So I did want to just mention that and fill you guys in before I get started. But having said that and gotten that out of the way, uh, there has been a ton of interesting and exciting tech news happening in the past, uh, even just the past couple of days. So let's go ahead and jump in with your tech download for Tuesday, September 26, 2017. So I wanted to start things off today with an interesting article that I read in BGR this morning, which was discussing the possibility of Samsung launching a foldable or bendable Galaxy X smartphone. Now, every time a new smartphone launches or a new series of smartphones launch, there's always a bunch of rumor articles start uh, revving up about what the next best thing might possibly be in the near future. And I think that's kind of what we can chalk this one up to. But we have heard uh, rumors of the Galaxy X moniker in the past, and we've seen even some uh, some supposed patent images and uh, it definitely looks like Samsung is probably working on a foldable device of some sort. Now whether or not this is something that consumers actually want or not who the hell knows I think uh, I can't really find a lot of reasons where a bendable smartphone would come in handy other than it being maybe a little bit more resistant to breaking but outside of that I I really don't see the huge benefits to a bendable or foldable uh, device like a smartphone. So but they did have a report talking about the fact that uh, even on the iPhone 10 announcement day, that Samsung did uh, did discuss the fact that they are working on bendable displays and a bendable device, and um, and that it is probably something that's in the possible future for Samsung devices. So I don't know. I just wanted to throw this out there and see what you guys think. But do you guys think that a bendable smartphone is something that the consumers around the world really want? And do you think it's something that you might be interested in if it was available. Let me know.
You guys know I love to talk about cutting the cord with your cable companies, especially since that's something that I finally committed to doing a couple of months back. But it turns out that I'm not the only one. RBC Capital Markets surveyed 1,200 US customers to determine what their attitude was towards cable TV and how likely they were to continue to subscribe to cable TV in the future. It turns out that only 55% of them said they would continue to subscribe to traditional cable or satellite TV offerings. That means that's about 68 million people or households that are interested in keeping pay TV long term. Now, when you consider the fact that there are about 86 million people in the US or homes, I should say, subscribe to pay TV now, that means about 18 million households could currently have their cable subscriptions go bye bye. While this can prove to be pretty challenging for cable TV providers in the near future, it's not all great news for consumers because you have to consider that there's still two major factors. Number one, getting deals done with the streaming television services is still extremely expensive for them to, to accomplish. So they're still having to pay a lot to the big TV networks like NBC, ABC, CBS, as well as all the big players in the sports industry. So even though you can save a little bit of money, which I have recently by switching to a streaming TV service, you're still not going to save so much money that most people might find it um, not necessarily worth the hassle. So the other factor, of course, is the fact that in many cases, like where I live and, and in most places that I've ever lived, the cable TV providers are also your internet provider, which means that there's no reason why the internet provider slash cable TV companies can't just raise the rates exorbitantly on you know internet services to basically compensate for their losses on the cable TV side. So it's going to be interesting to see where things head in the next 12 to 18 months. But um, it's nice to know that there are some changes and that cable companies are starting to feel the pinch a little bit because they've pretty much had a stranglehold on consumers for the better part of 50 years now. So as I do every time I bring up this topic, I would love to hear what you guys are doing about your current TV services and how many of you out there have switched to something like PlayStation View or any of the other available options. So leave me a comment or call in and let me know. It looks like the Motive Activity Tracking Smart Ring is finally available for purchase at a price of $200. Now, this is something I've actually been interested in for quite a while. When I first saw the Motive Ring, it was only available for pre-order, and I really wasn't interested in you know, pre-ordering and paying and waiting several months before uh, I finally got a product in my hands. I wanted to wait until it was actually available for purchase. So I do think I will go ahead and grab one of these to test out and review. Um, but basically, if you haven't seen it, the Motive Smart Ring is basically an activity tracker that links to an app on your smartphone and instead of like a smartwatch or other devices that you only wear at certain times throughout the day it's meant to basically be left on your finger the same amount of time you'd wear any other ring so basically all the time the motive ring contains a three axis accelerometer and an optical heart rate sensor and it can measure things like active minutes active heart rate calories burned distance activity types sleep duration resting heart rate and the number of steps you accumulate throughout the course of a day the ring itself is made of titanium on its outer shell with a plastic inner lining that contains all of the sensors and monitors, as well as the battery. Motive says the ring is waterproof up to 165 feet and can last up to three days on a single charge. Charging for the ring is done through a keychain USB charging device, as well as a desktop charger that can plug into a USB port and connects to the ring magnetically. Charging times for the Motive Ring range between 60 and 90 minutes, and Motive says that should you become separated from your smartphone for a lengthy period of time, don't worry. The Motive Ring can track and store all of your data and statistics for up to five days while being separated from your smartphone. 
I actually recently lost my wedding ring and my wife's been on my case to get it replaced anyway. And so I figure since this is made out of titanium, so it's still a real piece of jewelry, I'll just go ahead and use this as my wedding ring replacement and see how it goes. So if you guys would like to know how my experience with the Motive Smart Ring goes, just leave me a comment or you can leave me some questions of things you'd like me to look into and tell you about as far as the experience. But also I'd love to know how many of you out there that are currently Apple Watch users and are pretty obsessed with closing those activity rings every day um, would be interested in wearing a smart ring as either a supplement to or in a substitute for a smartwatch. So leave me a comment or call in and let me know. So ever since the launch of the iPhone 8 and 8 Plus, there's been rumors swirling around that sales have not been quite as exciting as have been in the past with previous iPhone launches. And there's also been numerous rumors about the fact that the iPhone 10 might not only be seeing some delays, but might also be in a shorter supply than we first anticipated or feared. So now we have reports coming out that might suggest we have some answers as to what exactly the problem is and what's going on. It turns out that the true depth can camera system that's part of the front facing display or that little notch on the iPhone 10 is super complex and very difficult to produce at high yields and is creating something of a bottleneck for Apple's supply chain. The 3D sensing true depth camera system on the iPhone 10 is comprised of a structured light system, time of flight system, and a front facing camera, which are all combining to make a more complex system than what competing rivals are using. It looks like the production projections for the iPhone 10 are said to be ramping up towards mid to late October, and that supply is gonna be in pretty tight demand. If you consider the fact that the pre-orders for the iPhone 10 are supposed to go live on October 27th, with in-store availability starting on November 3rd, all signs are pointing to a pretty rough go if you're attempting to get the new iPhone 10 at launch. When you combine all this with early reports of the iPhone 8's lack of sales enthusiasm from consumers, it's all pointing to the fact that people are probably holding out for the iPhone 10. and some key people in Apple's supply chain have actually commented that they could see the pre-orders for the iPhone 10 exceeding 40 to 50 million units. So if you put all that together, I, I think that if you're not able to snag a pre-order for the iPhone 10 within the first hour or so of it going live on October 27th, you're probably looking at a pretty significant wait. So how many of you out there skipped the iPhone 8 and were planning to hold out for an iPhone 10 later this year? Let me know. It looks like Walmart is not planning to go down to companies like Amazon without a fight. And they're looking to possibly start an in-home grocery delivery service that would allow the delivery driver to actually deliver the groceries directly into your kitchen and into your refrigerator. Now, Walmart's plans to make this all work center around an agreement and partnership with August Home Smart Locks, which you've heard me talk about before on the show. I have one on my front door. One of the benefits around the August Smart Lock is that you can generate a one-time digital security key that would allow someone with that key to access your home one time and then the key expires. You can also unlock the door remotely from your smartphone. So the way that Walmart is anticipating that this delivery service could work and help make your life more convenient is you order up a bunch of items and then the delivery driver comes to your front door and rings your doorbell. If you're home, you can open the door and let them in, great. If you're not home, you have the option to get the notification and then let them in through your smartphone or they can use their one-time digital security key and let themselves in. Now, 
I don't know about any of you out there listening, but I am in no way interested in letting strangers into my house for any reason when I'm not home. So I can just see a whole slew of different problems with this in terms of liability and risks. Everything from the delivery drivers just being creepy, crappy human beings and stealing things or anything else. Um, but even just just common accidents, like someone possibly slipping and hurting themselves on your you know, wet tiles in your kitchen floor and then they're suing you. I could see problems where a delivery driver accidentally lets a dog or another pet run out into the street and get hit by a car or any number of other problems that could exist by having a total stranger that you don't know or have any reason to trust coming in and out of your house delivering groceries. So um, while I, I get the idea that they're trying to sort of one-up Amazon and its own offerings, but uh, I just don't have any interest in this. So I would absolutely love to know if anybody out there listening is totally okay with this and would be willing to sign up and let uh, Walmart deliver groceries directly to your refrigerator when you're not home. Please leave me a comment or call in and let me know. As more and more tech reviewers and consumers alike start to take delivery of their new Apple Watches with LTE support, we're gonna start to see a lot more information about what type of experience people are having with their new smartwatch. The initial reviews from a lot of tech reviewers that got early versions of the Apple Watch reported that there were numerous connectivity issues with the LTE portion of Apple's latest smartwatch, but it seems from what I'm reading by most other people that have had the production units and had them for a little bit longer, I'm not seeing a whole lot of people talking about any kind of connectivity issues. It seems as though the watch is performing as expected, if not better, and uh, all in all, most people seem pretty happy with the overall user experience of the Apple Watch 3. And uh, I've read everything from the LTE making it a game changer to still not making it enough for people to really want to watch uh, or wear a smartwatch on a regular basis. Now, I obviously still haven't gotten mine in yet. I think I explained that uh, the day after launch day. I hesitated a little bit and uh, that cost me uh, quite a few weeks of shipping time. So I'm still looking at mid-October before I get my Apple Watch 3, but I'll definitely keep you guys posted on what my personal experience is like. In the meantime, if you check out uh, iPhone Doe on YouTube, um, he did a review on his Apple Watch 3 and, and he hasn't uh, had any issues with his connectivity either. So there's either a lot of different discrepancies around what people's expectations are, or uh, it just may have happened that a lot of the early versions of the Apple Watch 3 had connectivity issues before they went into full production. So um, yeah, I don't know if, it, if that's gonna be something that's gonna be a long-term problem or not. If you were one of the lucky people that got your pre-order in fast enough and you already have your Apple Watch 3 that has LTE connectivity specifically, give me a call in and let me know what your experience has been like. And that's gonna do it for today's tech download. Thank you for tuning in and listening. And I appreciate everybody that stuck by and continued to tune into the station, even while I was disappeared for those uh, 10 days or so. I will try to get more back to the normal schedule. And like I said at the beginning of the show, I will try to continue to find ways to create some interesting bite-sized tech stories for you guys so that I can continue to publish content for you to listen to, even if I don't have time to do a full-fledged tech download on a certain day. So if you guys have any comments or questions, you can leave them here on Anchor, or you can hunt me down on all social media platforms at Gadget Reason, or just leave me a call in here on the show and I'll publish it if it pertains to anything that we've been talking about today. So that's it for me. Have a great night and I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Tomorrow.